Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day, and we have an informative and engaging episode for you this week. I had the privilege to talk with Jody Hickerson. Jody serves as teaching pastor and programming director for Mission Church in Ventura, California. And Jody and her husband, Mike, along with their three daughters, are part of a team that planted Mission Church back in September of 2011. Jody preaches and teaches at conferences across the country. In fact, you may have heard her at Exponential East this year. If you did, you know what a valuable voice she is to the church. On this week's episode, Jody and I discuss creative and thoughtful ways to collaborate with organizations in your community uh, to serve your neighbors. Uh, we also discuss the power of throwing parties and why our churches should be known as places of hope, joy, and celebration. So let's jump right into my conversation with Jody Hickerson from Mission Church. Jody, it's such a pleasure to have you with us here on the Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you for making time for us. I am honored to be a part of it. Thanks for thinking of me. Very cool. Okay, so how did you get from growing up in Kentucky to planting a church in California? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so my my dad is a pastor, and we actually, um, we grew up in Kentucky. My Both my parents grew up in Kentucky. We church planted when I was 12 years old in Las Vegas, um, a church called Canyon Ridge Christian Church, when I was in junior high and some of high school. And then we moved back to Kentucky, and my dad, um, he transitioned a 40-year-old church in central Kentucky, and so I was there through the rest of high school. That's where I met my husband. Uh, we actually did student ministry at that uh, church in Kentucky. And then we moved to Illinois, actually. So we, we served at Willow Creek Community Church and then also at Heartland Community Church together um, in different areas, um, both with students and college age. And um, I was on the teaching team at Heartland. And um, those we've developed some great relationships with people um, at Heartland in our time there. So much so that it became like, man, something, God's stirring something. And um, maybe maybe there's a community out there that needs a church like this, because we just loved what we were a part of, how it was reaching the community and cared for people. So it was more like, where could maybe we be sent out um, to create something, a culture like this, where um, there's a thriving church where maybe there, there isn't one or needs another one, you know? And so we just, that started our journey and we just started praying all the time. We had no idea where. Um, I kept trying to make it closer to Kentucky. You know, I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to get closer to home, and then we ended up all the way across the country in California. Um, but that just happened through, as you know, a providential relationship, how that sometimes happens. Um, so uh, another church out here in California in Valencia, their pastor, Rusty George, he's um, been a longtime friend, and he heard what we were praying about and said, man, if you guys come this way, we will help you. Like, we'll send you people and we'll support you financially and all this awesome stuff. So it was a big open door. We stepped through it. And then every step after just God was like affirming, like, this is the place. So yeah, we, there's three couples and all of our kiddos and we just packed up and really felt sent from Heartland in Illinois and um, planted here in September of 2011. Awesome. Well, that's that's a that's there's a really a, cool story. There's, there's a long version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Um, very cool. So, what was it like to, I mean, transition to 
a California, much different culture. And so, so you're entering it as church planters. So I imagine you're entering with a bit of a missionary mindset, but coming from Kentucky sure. and then from, you know, Illinois, the Midwest, and then heading out to the coast. How did you guys kind of navigate through that? Um, well, the one part that was not difficult was we moved in January um, from Illinois to Southern California. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's so an easy was, move, right? That was pretty awesome right there. That was like, oh, thank you, God. I didn't even realize how awesome it was here. Um, but yeah, we did spend nine months. We, we lived here in Ventura. Um, that's where we're at um, before we ever planted to kind of, you know, know our city and get to know these people and understand the culture and what was important and all the different boroughs and, you know, understand why people felt the way they did about the city and what the greatest needs of the community were, you know, and what the other churches were doing. And, you know, we just, we really got this sense of like, man, you know, God's already working here. We just are getting to join that. And that, that felt so cool. We were so welcomed by um, other church communities. It's just, you know, when you're in a place um, that is maybe outside of the Bible Belt where I had been, um, the way that the other churches in the community received a plant was like, oh, good, we need more churches, you know, and that was super cool and refreshing for us to be welcomed in that way. Um, They needed more churches, not less. And so, yeah, we, we, um, we definitely did have a learning curve, like just things, you know, people really do say gnarly here and stoked (laughs) and, you know, our husbands all learned to surf and we, you know, just started learning about this community and, and how different it is. But, you know, people are people. And, um, I think there are hurting broken people everywhere. And, um, so we, you know, we've experienced that, that, oh, wow, there's people are people wherever you go. Um, it just may look a little different or dress a little different or maybe talk a little different. Um, I think some of the biggest things have been, there hasn't been a lot of people that we've met that we, we learned right off that have like a faith um, foundation or we go to church because you just go to church. That's what people do. That's what my parents did and my grandparents, you know, that's what we had become accustomed to in the Midwest and um, in the South, that there was a little bit of like some sort of family heritage that said, this is something that's important. And um, when we moved here, that, that has not been the case. It's like, who goes to church? I have never been to church, you know? So um, that was definitely like, you know, why would you go? You could surf or hike or you could go up the coast. Like, why would you go to church? So that was pretty um, foreign to us. Like, oh man, it's not even, it's not even on the radar here, you know, like why this would be an important thing. So that was, that was definitely a big learning. Very cool. So, so on that note, how did you begin to approach when you're looking at planting the church or developing relationships? How did you how did you approach people who, like you said, church wasn't even on their radar? You know, before we um, planted, um, you know, you you do kind of land and think like, man, every conversation matters. And I will say that's something I kind of looked back at our time serving in other places, and I kind of grieved a little bit, like, why didn't I have this mindset? you know, in my neighborhood in Illinois, because, you know, I should have, you know. Um, but when we planted, I, we definitely all, we would have meetings, and it would be just about who did you meet, and what did they say, and, you know, every conversation was so important to us in, in meeting people, and um, just hoping that they would get to be a part of experiencing um, hope, you know, through what, what this church would bring. And, um, but we really did a lot of work around what does the city need, and, 
those kind of things. So before we ever launched, we started, um, you know, we started serving at places like the city center, um, showing up for work days. We hosted, um, see, I think three free movie nights in the park. We just did, they were called free Friday flicks, but kind of just went all out with all the things, you know, and, um, we ended up having just hundreds of people showing up to these movie nights. Um, and I think that they, you know, kind of felt like, wow, there's no strings attached to this. This is just some church that doesn't even exist yet trying to do something good for the community that's free for families. And um, so I think that we just were like, we want to we want to show up here going, we're for this city. We're not, you know, we just want to be for this place that we're living. And hopefully when we open our doors and people will go, I mean, that's the church that's, you know, for the city that did those free movie nights that showed up at the city center that's already engaging with homeless, you know? And uh, so we really wanted to kind of build that reputation before we ever opened our doors. That's awesome because, uh, because you're intentional in who you were wanted to be in the community before you opened your doors, that inherently just became a part of your DNA, right? I mean, that, that was just who, who you were now. So here we are, what are we six years later, almost seven years later? Uh, we'll, we'll turn six, we'll turn six years old in September. Okay. So about five and a half. So about five and a half years later, is that still part of your DNA? Just kind of giving back to the community, no strings attached. Is that kind of who you are? Uh, for sure. I mean, we have, uh, kind of our, our five values, um, our tangible hope, offering tangible hope, um, practical help, significant ministry, throwing great parties and kingdom impact. So, throwing great parties has become like one of our five things. We even have someone that's um, on our staff that her title is chief party thrower. That's awesome. So we just want to throw like insanely awesome parties with no strings attached. So um, we still do the movie nights in the park every summer. You know, now we have thousands of people showing up, you know, for those, because it's just like, man, there's no strings attached. They really just want something for us. Um, We do a, enormous special needs prom um, for students um, with special needs 12 to 25. Um, That was something that my student pastor did when I lived in Kentucky. So it kind of has traveled with us everywhere we've been. We've been like, man, we've got to do this. So this will be our sixth one next weekend. And it's way, the the event now is way bigger than our church. Um, We have 425 special needs guests coming and 400 high school students that are hosting them and 2,000 other volunteers. Wow. And they're mostly from the community. We, we kind of like, when we open registration, we're like, oh, shoot, we, we ran out of volunteer spots for the church because the community is <laughs> so excited about this prom. That is so you know, cool, so yeah. It's, it's pretty cool um, that that's like for sure throwing great parties. Um, and we, we've, we like to look at it as in a way of like, We'd like to throw these parties for people who are often overlooked or under-celebrated, you know, that couldn't pay us back. I think, you know, that's what Jesus said to do. So we've kind of decided that was going to be a core part of our mission, and it's how we started. We, we kind of, you know, fell into it a little bit, just going, let's do movie nights in the park. And then it became, like, such a part of who we are as a church now. So we love throwing parties. That's awesome. I'm sure there are some pastors listening to this who would love to have the title of chief party thrower, right? Um, But they're probably wondering how this works practically. So how have you been able to connect people to the church through these parties? Are you intentional in that? Or 
Does it just sort of happen more organically through the relationships that you build? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, we do have some intentionality around, um, you know, we we have a connections area at our movie nights where, you know, you can register for giveaways. And so people are filling out their information. We We basically put them on a separate kind of mailing list so we're not spamming them with Mission Church, but just letting them know when the next movie night is or if they're interested in more information, we always have, you know, cups, mission mugs there or cups there that have info stuff in them. And if they ask, like, we're willing to say, oh, sure, we'll give you some information. Um, we just don't do a church spiel up front, if that makes sense. Same with Night to Remember. Everyone knows that the prom is hosted by Mission Church. So Mission Church people paid for it. They sponsored every guest, you know, so every guest could come for free. Um, they know that that's who's putting on this prom without us saying anything really night of. Um, so it, I think one of the things that we thought of at the beginning was maybe we heard this from someone way smarter than us, um, but that it takes, you know, five to seven kind of positive impressions with some, you know, with a brand or with a, you know, community or organization or church before someone kind of goes, huh, I think I, maybe I'll check that out. And so, we've kind of found like, man, when life starts to hurt in someone's life or they start to realize like, man, I can't do this on my own or, you know, they relapse or they tragedy hits and they go, maybe we should try church, that there would be some positive impressions like, well, what about that church that does that prom? Or, you know, what about that church that does those, you know, the thing at the city center or item of, you know, I think that it would just make them maybe think of us in a positive way light as far as our reputation in the community for doing good. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. And and um, a- as you were talking, you mentioned that you do a lot of this no strings attached. And and I have found, I think that's that's very important. Oftentimes in conversations I have with, with pastors, you know, they want to know, well, if, if you're doing this, um, how are you getting people, you know, through your church doors? And I think one of the things that we have to be careful of, and, and as you're sharing that, I, I reminded me of this is that you know the last thing we want is for the church to look like we're we're part of a big uh, bait and switch routine like we're you know yeah, we're doing something sure. special but it's only because we want to get you into our church um mm-hmm. so it seems yeah, like that sure. that's kind of kind of been your heart you've been you've you said as mission mission church we're going to be people who just love our community and we're going to give back to our community and then as people as you've said go through difficulties in life or, you know, their hearts become open to, to seeking more deeply mm-hmm. um, naturally because of the relationship that they have developed with Mission Church, that would be a place where they would turn for for help mm-hmm. or, or inspiration or or to have some questions answered and they might be wrestling with. I think some of it, too, is, um, you know, our we've been able to use, we have a temporary um, building right now, but we've been able to offer that to the city when they've asked as an emergency homeless shelter during the rainy season. And, you know, um, and then just with the prom, some of the things that you're able to do in the community actually give people a glimpse of heaven and kingdom without saying, you know, mission church or come Sunday, or here's our next thing. You know, when you're dancing and there's, it's just so equal looking across the room with high school students, special needs and, and then their hosts that aren't special needs loving each other and just having a blast. It's like, oh, this is this is a glimpse of heaven right here. Right, right. You know, and they don't even know the way that God is like 
impressing that on their heart, that they get to see that kind of love the way that Jesus intended. So some of it's even in just what you do, you're just planting that seed without saying like, here's the next thing you can come to at mission, you know. Very cool. And so you guys, um, you throw a lot of parties, which is awesome. You have a lot of that connectivity to the community uh, and just kind of giving back. Um, what are some other things that, that you've done over the last five and a half years now to really have an impact on, on like your neighborhood? What, what are some other things that you've done? Um, well, like I mentioned with the, uh, the five things, one of them is practical help. And so we really want to offer practical help as best we can. So we really do come alongside organizations that are already doing amazing ministry and things in the community and kind of ask that question, like, what do you guys need or how could we, how could we help? Um, it's something we do every month called item of the month. So, you know, right now, um, for, you know, one of the, one of the organizations, they need diapers. And so we just get to announce, like bring diapers to church and we're able to go to that organization and say, here you go. You know, sometimes it's peanut butter, sometimes it's cleaning supplies. Um, but it's kind of just approaching um, those relationships within the community that are already doing such great things, you know, instead of recreating it all, just saying, what do you need and how could our church, you know, how could our people um, come alongside? It also just really is an easy on-ramp for generosity and allowing people at mission to be at the store, which they're going to be anyway, and think, you know, beyond themselves, which is pretty cool um, in that practical help way. We also um, do something called Give One, which uh, I know several churches do something like this. It's called something different. Um, or, But we, we take a dollar for every person in attendance every weekend, and then we just find a place to give that away. And um, it usually goes to an individual or a family that's in need, and they can be, you know, within missions community, like the church community, or outside. Like, you know, we hear about something that's happened in the city, and we're able to share those stories um, anonymously every week and say, you know, your give one dollars just helped pay for a family's medical expenses or meet their rent for the end of the month because dad lost his job or whatever. And it allows people to know like, man, we're really, there's some practical help happening um, here. So I think that practical help that's spilled over into really one of our biggest learnings has been the need for pastoral care um, at mission so we prayed when we moved here, like, you know, God, please bring us people that are hurting and broken and messy and we're ready. We want to meet people where they are and um, people with addiction and just so far from you. And then God did. I mean, all that's who started showing up. And then we started praying, like, if you could bring us a few Christians <laughs> to help us, that would be really awesome, too, because we it was it's overwhelming, you know, in walking alongside people that really need help in life and so uh pastoral care team has been just key, and that's taken, you know, five years to understand. But that's also a place where we really feel like now we can offer practical help um, because our team is trained to even know how to get someone into, you know, Salvation Army or off to, if they're willing and they want to get well and work the steps, we know how to do an intake right there on Sunday morning and help our homeless friends and help our people in addiction get into sober living. You know, we, our team has been trained, like, we're, we can talk to you and pray with you, but we also have this thing called practical help. So if you want to get well, we will show up with you at your first meeting. You know, we will do that. Um, we, ought, we have meetings at Mission 
every day of the week in a and AA meet um, every day of the week at mission. It's just another way to open our doors to say everyone's welcome, first of all, and also we want to be helpful um, to this community of recovery that's within Ventura because that's one of our community's biggest needs um, is people with addiction. So, yeah, I think um, those are just some other ways, practical help. So we don't get it right all the time, for sure. And and there's plenty more that we love to dream about to be able to do. But those are just some of the some of the other things. That's that's awesome. Um, I often say that you become what you celebrate, and it sounds like um, you guys are intentional about um, celebrating the good things that God's doing in and through Mission Church um, with your people. I mean, whenever you're talking about um, mm-hmm. You know, whenever you bless a family that's in need, you remind people, hey, um, we were able to do this. You know, I mean, your your giving, your generosity has allowed us to to do this. So um, talk to me a little bit about that focus on celebrating those stories that where God is at work and and, and how do you share those with your people? I think that one of the, you know, most celebrated, for sure the most celebrated thing at Mission um, are people who are baptized and have, you know, said, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have my life cleaned up, but I definitely realize that I need a savior. And I believe that that's Jesus Christ. And so those people that have gone public with their faith or baptism, that is what is most celebrated at mission. And so I mean, we're able to just share those stories. Um, you know, oftentimes we do that via video, you know, and we're able to tell someone's story and, where they've come from and how God's just changed their life and why they made that decision. And that's definitely something that we really celebrate because that's, that's the hope, you know, that's the only hope we've got. So our kind of tagline at mission is hope for everyone. That's what you, if you walk in the door, you're going to see it, you know, 20 times all over everything. We really believe there's hope for everyone. Um, But that's only because of Jesus, not because of us or anything that we do. And so most celebrated is when we when we are able to see people experiencing that tangible hope and surrendering their life to Christ and knowing it's the beginning of their journey. Um, yeah, we we really love celebrating that. So yeah, definitely, definitely, that's awesome. So <laughs> so whenever ma- people make that that commitment and you guys get to celebrate that, what do you guys at Mission Church do as far as helping people with that journey? Like you said, it's just the beginning of their journey. How do you help? Um, these people have come to Christ, you know, begin to take, take those steps along that journey. Well, I think that um, for us, and like I said, we're, we're five years old, so we're still figuring out a whole lot of things. Um, but we, you know, the community piece of being in relationship and in, in some sort of group um, is, is pretty vital um, for us and our group leaders being trained in a way that is to you know, how to help hurting people and how to walk alongside of people in, you know, a healthy way um, that is going to point them to Jesus. And so for us, like one of our first questions, and I'm sure that's true for so many people listening, you know, is, you know, whose group are you in? Um, Because that's the way that we're going to get you connected in relationship to be discipled, you know, to have a discipleship relationship with someone who's going to walk alongside you. Um, One of the things I love the most about the church, anywhere, the whole, you know, the big C church is people that have been walking with Jesus for so long, and they have such a deep relationship with him that they realize it's not about them. And they're showing up at some five-year-old church plant in a movie theater, basically because they just want to give it away. 
and they're showing up because they want to walk alongside someone else and they want to disciple someone else. And so being able to connect people into those relationships is, is like so cool to watch and then get to kind of have a front row seat to watch how God transforms a life through relationships. So that's, that's the primary way it would be via relationship. Okay. So Jody, you're, you're a little over five years um, into your church plant. You've got a lot of, of cool things uh, as a part of your DNA that we've talked about. You know, you're, you're really working hard at helping people think about generosity uh, in a really tangible way. Um, and you're, you're really looking at helping to give back to your community. You're looking at people coming and, and being restored and, and working through, you know, addiction and recovery and those types of things and uh, people journeying alongside of them um, in, in discipling relationships. Um, all that's awesome. So at this point, you guys have four different um, services every Sunday. Is that true? We do. Yeah, we do. Yep. Okay, so how— we have three on Sunday morning and one on Sunday night. Wow. Okay, so are, are all of those um, the same type of a gathering, or are they different? Uh, no, yeah, all four services are identical. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's mainly been a space issue. We are in a movie theater that, you know, has limited capacity, so we just keep adding services. <laughs> Very cool. So, Very cool. Fun. Yeah, fun definitely. Definitely. And so how did you come to the point where you decided, hey, we need um, to add? Was it was it just a space issue completely, as you said? You know what? Every, every time it's been a little different. I don't know if every time, but um, I do know that the first time we added a service, going from one to two, was proactive. Um, we weren't out of room. We, we had seats available, um, but we decided to move to two services. Um, basically, for our volunteers, um, we were realizing that we were a church plant, you know, asking a lot of people that were serving and, you know, developing our own culture. And some of our key people weren't even getting to experience the service at all, you know? Right. So um, we really felt like, man, we need to, we need to go to two services and just, it was almost like stepping out in faith kind of a deal. Like, well, let's see how this goes. And if we need to, we'll shrink the room and we'll put up pipe and drape in the back or whatever we got to do to kind of, you know, make this service option available because it's worth it to us for our volunteers to be able to attend church and actually invite, like if those two things are important to us that, that people would attend and invite, then we need to give, you know, our people that are volunteering that opportunity. And so that's, that's what made us go to two services. Um, now, Fast forward, when we went to three, it was a space issue. It was like, okay, well, this may be crazy, but I think we need to go to three. And, you know, and then we're telling our ministry leaders, like, hold on, you're going to have to recruit some more volunteers because we're going to three. And um, and I think the same was true when we went to four. It was um, trying to figure out how to add for space and realizing there wasn't another optimal time on Sunday morning. So um, we moved to Sunday night, which um, which has been really cool. It's it's almost become a service that, you know, how it is when people work on Sunday morning. It's been, it's been like the only one they can attend. So um, we really love that too. That's, that's very cool. Now, I hear a lot of wisdom in that initial proactive step that you guys were, again, thinking very intentionally about who you were as a church and what you were attempting to champion and, and what your DNA was. And because you knew who God was calling you to be, you stepped back and said, wait a second, our core people are missing out on the opportunity to, mm-hmm. 
you know, be a part of the worship gathering and to invite, you know, the people they're meeting to come and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so you're very, very intentional in making that decision. Um, do you believe that making that decision, did you see that as becoming a, a catalyst for continuing to reach more people? Like the opportunity for your volunteers to be, you know, engaged in the worship gathering and, you know, kind of refueled. Did you see that as a, as a catalyst yeah. for, for your development um, as, as a church? When I look back at that time, I really do feel like it was. Um, I mean, I think if you've got people, I mean, you think about a church plant. These are people that are choosing to set up kids' rooms, you know, in an arcade or whatever it is. Like, they're, they're committed to Jesus. They're showing up. They believe in this church plant. And they have zero opportunity to attend or to invite. And so I think when that, you know, kind of got unleashed, we really did see it as a catalyst because now your core people that were already all in have this opportunity um, to even experience a church like, oh, this is why I love this place. And this is why, um, and, and I want to invite my friends and, and in that way. So, um, yeah, I think that that really was a catalyst, like starting to, I always think like when I talk to other church planters, um, you know, I'm like, you want to go to two sooner than you think. I know you're scared right. that it's going to be like, but what if there's 45 people in the room? It's like, it's okay. You know, God shows up. It's it's okay. So I think that that going to two before you think, you know, you're ready. Um, that was, that was a big deal for us. And I think that, you know, it, it God did use it as a catalyst for growth and reaching more people. That's awesome. And I think that's, that's going to be great encouragement for a lot of pastors and a lot of church planners who are, probably kind of in that same same place where, you know, their core team is is doing everything, right? And um mm-hmm. and, and looking for a way and, and just uh taking that step of faith, right? And um because yeah. you want to build that foundation uh moving forward. So as as we're looking ahead, I guess two questions. One is five and a half years ago when you guys set out on this adventure, uh did you think you would be experiencing what you're experiencing now? Oh man. Um No, I mean, I think that, I don't know if I could have envisioned the five and a half years. I know that we really knew we were stepping out and we, we, we had come from churches that were, um, you know, mega churches is where we had come from, um, had been our experience. And so we really had to kind of lay that down. Like, you know, that part of us, like success is obedience, you know, it's, it's not about size. It's not about growth. It's not about how rapid this takes off or if people show up, you know, we feel obedient to God and that's, that's success in God's eyes. And so, you know, it was all of us kind of, you know, dying to that place inside of us and thinking, you know, we, did we have all this influence and we just gave it up? And, you know, so we didn't really know what to expect. We really thought like, if this, we just heard stories like church planning is really hard and, you know, it, it, it may not work. And so we, we just really were kind of like, well, we're surrendered to that and we're just going to see what God does. So I don't think I could have imagined where we're at now, five and a half years in, I know I couldn't imagine like what God's done in my own heart. Like I, I just really, I've, I've, I've loved God. I've seen Jesus change people's lives. But in the way that this has been such a faith adventure and watching God transform lives in this community has just really, you know, changed me. Um, And then walking alongside people, the way that, 
what's become the culture of our church, um, that's definitely impacted me in a significant way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think I could have ever envisioned it. God definitely said more than, you know, I could ask or imagine. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, as, as you and your leadership team there at Mission Church are, are praying and, and planning and looking ahead, what are some things that, that you're kind of dreaming about in the future for the church? We're getting ready to change locations. We've we've purchased a building, so that's big in um, in our world right now. So, um, but yeah, we we're really we're really focused on kind of looking forward to like how to become a sending church. You know, we we believe in church planting. Um, we believe it's a very effective way to reach people. Um, we believe it's a kingdom win when there's more churches and not less. And so, um, we really want to become that, I think, you know, um, a church that sends out and equips people and um, looks at what's in our hands. Like, you know, do we have people around us or on our staff or core leaders that are church planters, you know, that we could uh, send out? So we're, we're already thinking that way um, awesome. up and down the coast or what would God have for us? We don't know. Right. You know, you don't when sometimes when you start, you're like, we're planting a church. We're crazy. And now we're like, are we really thinking about planting more churches? So, but you know, I feel like we're kind of just ruined in the best possible way for what God does. If, um, you know, if there's a, a vibrant community of believers and, you know, that, that shows up somewhere and says there's hope for everyone, um, what God does is so cool. So I think we're excited about that kind of future and being able to be ascending church. That's very cool. I love that. And, and I think that question that, that you pose is a great question for, for every pastor to ask. You know, are there people on our staff? Are there people who are, you know, in ministry leadership, volunteers, who are potentially church planters, you know, that God is stirring in their heart? And then, and oftentimes, you know, um, we love those core people so much and they, they contribute in such a meaningful mm-hmm. way that we almost, you know, wrestle with that. Well, you know, do we really want to let them go? But I, I think yeah, one of those great blessings, you know, is, is, um, saying, okay, God's doing something in your heart and in your life. And, and we're here to, to support you and, and prayerfully back you up and, and, and mm-hmm. be a part of that, that sending and that, that birthing of a new, a new movement, a new church. So, um, that, that. Well, the the church in church in Valencia, real life church, um, that that said they would help us when we moved out here, were so open handed. Um, I mean, they were very open handed, you know, financially and helping us, supporting us um, as we fundraise. But also, they basically during those nine months before we planted, allowed us to teach, to do the announcements, um, our worship leader to lead worship so that people at that church got to know us. It's about 45 minutes from where we were planting. And then, you know, he got up and said, we need 200 of you to commit for six months to driving over to Ventura every Sunday. We need you to move your giving over to Ventura. We need you to move your volunteering to Ventura and your attending to Ventura. So for six months, that's how open-handed they were with us. And people did it. You know, they, they sent people every week that sometimes they were just butts in seats, you know, and that was important. It was like an important serve that day. You know, we need you in the room or we need you in the nursery. We need you, um, you know, greeting people. And what we learned over those six months, because, you know, six months was up and they were gone. They were all back at their church at real life. And we were able to look around then and see like, Oh wow, this is, we have 140 people from Ventura 
this is this is our church. But you know, in church planning world, you know, starting from nothing and then having 140 in six months, they what they did for us was so priceless. Right. You know, in in showing up and serving the way they did and giving the way they did. So we can't wait till we get to kind of pay that forward and go. Oh, hope we can be that generous and that open-handed and telling people at mission, like you totally should go. You have to go set up and tear down for them. And you, you have to be a part of that. It's going to be so fun. That's so. awesome. Yeah. What a blessing that is from, from what do you say? Real life? Yeah. Is that the name of church? Real life? Real life church. Yeah. Uh-huh. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. That's so awesome. That's cool. Well, Jody, um, I appreciate that opportunity to have a conversation with you and uh, to hear about how oh, God's thanks. been at work um, in, in your adventure. Um, at, at Mission Church and and just being a part of your community and, and how you have been very intentional at, at reaching into your community and, and really trying to be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, very inspiring. And I'm sure that our listeners uh, have the opportunity to, to gain a lot of very practical things um, from our conversation. And Mission continues to be like, I can't imagine missing this. That's what I always think. Like, I'm so glad we said yes to God. Um, but in, in the same breath, like, we do not have it all figured out <laughs> and you know, we're just learning and we're just a church plan. So, um, yeah, I just, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, especially since we're just so young and, and, and learning. Yeah. But, but I tell you what, just from, from our conversation, there's uh there's been a lot of, a lot of good things that God's been doing there, a lot of wisdom and a lot of way that he's been um, directing you. And uh, you guys have obviously been obedient. And, um, and so we thank you for sharing that, that with, uh, with our people. Thank if, you. Yeah. If, if someone wanted to um, get in touch with, with you or with the team at, uh, at Mission Church, what would be the best way for them to, to connect with you guys? I'm pretty sure that if you go to missionventura.com, there's a little, you know, staff and all of our emails there. Yeah. Awesome. Or you could always email info at missionventura.com. But that's that's where we're at. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Jody. Again, I appreciate you, um, you sharing a bit of your journey with us and the encouragement that that brings to uh, pastors uh, across the country. So thank you for, for being a part of Church Leaders Podcast. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week, as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders podcast, and if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts, so they can benefit uh, from these interviews as well. And again, we thank you in advance. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com, or you can connect with me on Twitter. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.